breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, Shreveport political analyst and 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 good friend of the show, Scott Hughes, joining us this morning. Scott, hope you had a nice Easter. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike and Aaron. Yes, I had a great Easter and happy Easter to you and Aaron. Thank you, sir. We know the legislative session is about to get underway. Uh, what are some of the things that you look for? Any surprises? Any Anything that uh, that you're expecting? Um, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of surprises. I think if you're looking from a top, top level, the big thing to remember is this is what they call a fiscal session. That means the majority of the bills will focus on money and taxes, although they can each file not five non-fiscal bills. So we're still going to have a lot of the silliness we see all the time with the legislature and bills that cover a variety of topics. The second big thing to watch is this is an election year. And so this fall, we're going to reelect all 144 members of the legislature and the governor and all the statewide officials. And, and that often has an impact on what the type of legislation you see right before they all decide to run for re-election. Scott, that's what troubles me, because I think they have a, a windfall of cash or whatever you want to call it, of $1.5 billion, I don't know what the exact number is now, of, of extra money they didn't expect. And in an election year, they can be dangerous with that amount of money. Like, I'm going to fix your road, Reuben. Mike, I'm going to fix your front yard sidewalk. I mean, they're going to do all kinds of things to kind of uh, get votes or get help from home. Traditionally, that's exactly what we see. Actually, it's what we see when anybody hits the lottery. Have money, we'll spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, when you're running when you're running for re-election, it's easy to go around and hand money out. Although I do think we're seeing a slight different twist this year, Aaron, because we also we also have a legislature, and I should mention the third big thing. We have a legislature that perhaps for the first time, and I have to go back and really look at the numbers last year, but they definitely have a double supermajority. And that's an inside politics geeky thing. But what it means is one party, in this case the Republicans, has two-thirds of both the House and the Senate. So they can really overturn a veto if they're all together by the governor, John Bell Edwards. And so um, you have some politics at play, but, 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 but on the conservative side, they're also really looking a lot now at some taxes are going to roll off. Some of these taxes they put on, special taxes over the last couple of years that may or may not have led to this surplus, they're going to start expiring. And so there are many that, yes, you want to give away the money to run, but you also want to start using that money perhaps as a buffer against some harder times ahead. Not this year's budget, but budgets down the road. Do you see any movement on doing away with the income tax in Louisiana? It's been proposed by a few of them. Do you think that's got any shot? I think you'll see a lot of that. When you look at the session, so you step back and say, what might they file this session? I think, I think, I think your tax reform is going to be a big one. Um, this is a year where they will look at state income tax. Um, but people always look at Texas and say no income tax. They look at other states. Florida's being real popular right now with DeSantis running nationally. And so people are going to look at that. We have the last I checked, uh, we have a, a, a large budget here in, 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 in our state of which four billion comes from, um, I think about $30 billion, $40 billion budget, um, maybe 45 now, but four billion, about 10% comes from personal income tax. 
And so that's the part they're going to look very closely at. Can they do something to eliminate income tax? But to do that, you have to either replace or cut $4 billion. They're definitely going to look at a lot of things like exemptions and credits. And the other big thing, I think, in the tax area that you're going to see is the governor's going to really push for a minimum wage. We use the federal rate of 725, and I think he's going to really try to push for a Louisiana minimum wage. One of the issues, Scott, coming up is uh, that's generated a lot of interest is teacher pay. Uh, where do you think the legislature will fall on this? Um, I, I think the legislature probably, I mean, the numbers I'm hearing, I, I've heard you report them, 3000 for teachers, 1500 for support personnel. I think they'll fall somewhere in that area. A, they do have money around, and B, they are running for re-election. And the teachers' unions, the teachers are great people that you always want to reach out and have their support when you run for re-election. You're also looking at education as a long-term foundational tool to improve the state. I think it's something almost every legislator supports. Um, but you're also seeing a movement of money follow the child. And, and so do, do we want to you know, increase teacher pay? Do we want to put credits out to let it go to, like, private schools, charter schools, et cetera? So they're having that balance. I do think you're going to see teacher pay go up. Um, the 3,000, 1,500 seems to be, I hate to say reasonable numbers this year, but those are workable numbers in the budget. Some other big areas you might see them coming after right now. You're going to see, even though it's a fiscal recession, you're going to see a lot of insurance reform. That has a fiscal impact, a whole big package of insurance reform. You are going to see some things in the abortion area. That's a hot topic nationwide. Um, and you're also going to see some um, some anti-LGBTQ legislation um, come out. That'll be Those are the social issues. And those also tend to crop up in election year as well. The governor has proposed, you mentioned a minute ago, minimum wage. The governor has proposed that every year, I believe, since he's been governor, and it's gotten shot down. Um, same fate for that this year, you think? Well, it, it, it will be interesting. My, my gut is it's the same fate just because the business lobby, Louisiana is an at-will employment state, as I think most of us are, are aware of. We're a very pro-business state already in many of our laws. Um, the one thing I think that you might see it go up is inflation. I mean, at a certain point, you, you, you know, through the business lobby, you hold the line at 725, the federal rate. But at the same time, the practical rate out in the community is probably more like 10 or 15 these days. So you may see this may be the time that the, lo- the lobby, the business lobby, lets that creep up a little bit only because it's already up in a practicality uh, manner in terms of employment out of the community. We know this is a a, a a fiscal session this year for 2023. Do you see, because Governor Edwards has come out and said, you know, he's opposed to the death penalty in Louisiana now, and uh, he would like to see it eliminated. Do you see the legislature addressing that in this coming session? I, I don't. I, I don't see the death penalty as being a huge issue. I think the governor has pushed it every year. I think he's. You know, this is one thing about when we say the governor. This is the governor's last hurrah. This is it. Right. We, we will have a new governor. Which is fall, why I so, think there would be a push for it. Which which he he, he will make that push for. Um, I, I don't. I don't see as much interest in the death penalty as I do on the abortion side. You know, we, in many ways that's now settled law because of Supreme Court ruling. But in many ways, it's not. States are coming back all over the country, and they're cleaning up. They're consolidating a lot of their abortion things. And and and, and Katrina Jackson, who wrote the, the the premier bill, I think the last couple sessions, she's got an interesting bill, Senate Bill 105. She wants to define a fetus as a dependent. Um, if it gives you, in my opinion, more legislature may go versus the death penalty. And I think the death penalty becomes very troublesome, particularly for a conservative majority legislature that tends to be a very hot topic that their voters like the death penalty. 
Um, so I, I don't really see a lot of fight. You may see the fight, but I don't see it really getting very far in this legislature. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. By the way, we'd just like to welcome Jeremy Lacombs to the side of the reasoned, logical, and sane. <laughs> Jeremy Lacombs, the Louisiana State Representative, recently left the Democrat Party and came over to the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting, Aaron? He joins Tricia Cotham from New, uh, North Carolina. And Louisiana State Rep. Francis Thompson. He left the Democrat Party last month. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw an interview with Cotham, and she said, you know, she was tired of the attacks she kept getting from her own party because she supported the Second Amendment. Right. Uh, she had an American flag on her car. <sighs> Aaron... She had an American flag on her car. <laughs> Don't look at my truck if that if that triggers you. Yeah. And and here and herein lies the key. She would invoke the name of Jesus <gasps> during prayer on the house floor. Wow. How dare she do that? And there lies <sighs> the 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 heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. We are in a spiritual battle. Yeah. They, they, you know, Jesus said, they're going to hate you. They hate mm-hmm. me. Right. <laughs> he, he said that 2,000 oh, years ago. My goodness. But, but they, the left, the radical left, not, not just somebody because they're a Democrat. I'm, I don't want to, you know, I'm not labeling all mm-hmm. Democrats, but the radical left hates this country. Yeah. They hate the fact that we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Our founding fathers of this country were believers. Yeah. I put, I'm put. i so glad you brought that up because I put a, a simple message on our Facebook page on Easter Sunday morning. It said, Happy Easter. He is risen. Amen. And I thought we would probably get some hateration or whatever. But you know what? I got a message from Bruce who said, Thank you. It's nice to see a media outlet that is not ashamed to say Jesus is Lord, keep it up. There are, I think there is a vast majority of people that feel that way. It's the one, the silent, there's a small percentage that don't. And you know, I think, well. And they're the vocal ones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I wasn't ashamed to put it up. I was, you know, that's how I feel. I thought, you know what? Happy Easter. He is risen. Mm -hmm. That's what we're celebrating this weekend. And we need to remember that. And just a simple message like that. I thought, I'm sure I'm going to get, but you know, I haven't gotten any hater, haters yet. Probably will eventually now that I'm talking about it on the radio. I don't know. But you know what? It doesn't bother me. Yeah, that's our message. That's the the message that I wanted to put on our Keel Facebook page because that's that's what we're celebrating. We all have to believe in something. You know, that's how I feel anyway. I mean, I know other other people disagree with me. Absolutely. You know, you've got, you know, I've got your back. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, Sunday morning we we had uh, a, a few services at church. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were going to add one, but they ended up not. But the one did, like we had an eight forty, um, a nine forty five, which we normally do at right. Broadmoor, and then uh, like a, a ten ten thirty. And uh, packed. Oh, they're all yeah. They you know, were, they were packed. packed. Yes. both of them. Absolutely. And the early, which normally isn't, um, packed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, good. And right. of course, Chuck, our, our our pastor, holds holds no punches. Yes, exactly. The gospel is offensive. <laughs> I mean, if you you yeah. can talk about Muhammad all day, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk about Confucius. You can yeah. talk about uh. uh John Smith was it? Wasn't that the Mormon leader? Was well, it? I don't. I don't know that history. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody cares. You won't get any. Nobody will say anything or country. You know. Sure. But if you say Jesus, man, the the fur goes up and the feathers oh, start yeah. flying. Oh yeah. And there's a reason. There's a reason. Right. And and the and what's puzzling to me is how. People like Elian Omar get elected that hate our country. It's just it's just baffling. So you know, Jeremy Lacombs, <laughs> better late than never. Yeah, come on, baby, come on, super majority, both houses. That's yeah. a big deal. That's, Fran- a, that's a blocker for yeah. old John Bell. And, and, yeah, Francis Thompson, he left the Dem- Democrat Party, Louisiana State Rep last month. And, uh, and, and yeah, uh, Cotham gave uh, North Carolina the supermajority. Oh, boy. Okay. So, very, you know, that's, hey, it, it, look, it goes in waves. I mm-hmm. know. Uh, it's we'll, like we'll the price the, is right. Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take the small victories <laughs> where we can get them. Uh, Coming up here, coming up just after the seven o'clock news, Dr. Philip Roseman, uh, cardiologist in town, but also an education, uh, advocate mm-hmm. for our area, uh, is going to join us in studio talking about Stoner Hill closing and, uh, the Louisiana Key Academy as yes. well, which mm-hmm. is exciting news. Uh, so that's coming up later this morning. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday yet? Not quite. Not quite. Last weekend, uh, busy weekend. Of course, Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe me, had a great weekend. The daughter came into town. Weekend before last, seemed like something was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is going out of town. <laughs> you love those weekends. I ain't doing nothing. And I, I, exactly. I do have yard work I've got to do this week. I don't, I'm not, I don't say it like you want to kick her out. No, 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 I'm no, like, no, it's no, just no. you just can relax. You don't have to have honeydews or any of that. I think yeah. it was Mark Twain who said, a wise man avoids an industrious woman. Is <laughs> 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 I, 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 I your wife industrious, that. you would oh, say? Oh, my gosh. To the 10th? The, the lady cannot sit still. Really? Oh, yeah. So sitting on the couch chilling is no. like unheard of. Oh, yeah. You're you're wasting time. You're wasting time. You could be getting something done. 
Oh, my. And does she expect everyone around her to be like her? (laughs) Oh, I'd have kicked her to the curb a long time ago. (laughs) You can tell her I said it. No, No, don't tell her I said that. No, 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 (laughs) no. Because sometimes it's fun to just chill. Well. Just relax. Erin, you know, you leave here earlier than I do. Oh, yeah. But you've, you've. You don't. You don't stop. Uh, well, you're constantly working. I know you're looking. You know you're you're researching stories. Mm-hmm. You're contacting people. Uh, I leave here and I I have production that I do and yes. I, and I go to We're my busy. studio and I work and mm-hmm. um, I mean I'm I'm talking twelve thirteen hour days. Yeah. So when I get time at mm-hmm. home to not go someplace, to just chill. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a post that said, uh, "Going to bed early, not going to a party, staying at home." <laughs> The things that used to be punishments yeah. to me are now my life's goals. Right, right. <laughs> and I apologize. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a reporter, I, th- I believe from Channel 3, wanted to come out and talk to me Friday about something. And I I had to say no because I had one thing after another, back to back to back to back. And I typically don't schedule things like that. But of late, I have been, today I am seriously, I'm like... I, Eight things to do today. Yeah, you Friday got... was the same way. I'm like, I just need to say no. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Everything once you get there, I love it. I'm, I'm glad I'm there. Yeah, I'm my, having a ball. My my cousins. I told you live uh, uh, like Athens, Arcadia, mm-hmm. and it's like you know you feel like you're driving eight hours. Yeah. But once we got there, the whole family was there. Yeah. We got we we all got to visit. We, mm-hmm. we played baseball out in the yard right. in the sunshine. Had a wonderful time. And you and I today will be, by the way, if you're going to go, we're going to be at the North Shreveport Business Association Luncheon. They do it once a month, I mm-hmm. believe. And uh, we'll be there today. I think the mayor is the guest speaker. So we're going to go there and uh, we're going to heckle him. Can, can we heckle him? Friend of mine. <laughs> Yeah. Would he like it if we heckled him? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Maloney. No, no, we're not going to heckle the mayor. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. If Night Street isn't on his list of street repairs, he we're going to heckle him. He should, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't wait to see that list. Oh, I can't wait to see the list of street repairs. Oh, boy. <laughs> Talk about <sighs> that and more. Coming up, Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now you said there's a list of street repairs. I'm, wait, about, I'm waiting on the list. You, we, and we were talking off mic about um, the uh, the Cross Bayou development. What was that? Yeah. The, I remember that. This is before I got real active. You're really going to cause a burr <laughs> under my saddle today, because I, I was looking at a list of. Things that what like what will happen first in Shreveport Bossier, and I had been working on that for several years. And you know, it used to have like the Confederate monument in front of the courthouse. Will it be moved? And it's been moved, so mm-hmm. that's one I can check off my list. So I put it on my list again, saying, "Hey, we did this one. This is accomplished." Others on my list: Amazon yeah, but plant. Isn't an accomplishment? Well, it, it's a. <laughs> That's, a, that's we, a whole different debate. Yeah, I we know, did what I the know. commission voted to do. Let's just put it that way. We spent a lot of money doing it, but we did it. Amazon plant opening for business. I, you know, I think that's on track. I'm pretty convinced that that's going to happen. 
I was uh, encouraged. I had yeah. some people ask me about that. I, I put this story up on keelnews.com, and I posted a few pictures on, on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and I had people ask, do you really think it's going to... It's pretty... I should, yeah, I'm pretty convinced. At this point, I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. The I-49 inner city connector. We have another roadblock with that one. Apparently, the route they selected may have to be changed. So, uh, I'm still putting that one on the list. You know, that's the one of the list. List. Hold on, how do you spell that? Okay, the other one. This one really gets me angry, and I'm not even to the one that really, really gets me angry. This is the Cross Bayou Park. For the riverfront. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about this. A lot of you probably weren't even born when we voted on this. 1996, Shreveport voters passed a $5 million bond issue for Cross Bayou development. Here's what it said. Authority to issue not exceeding $5 million in general obligation bonds for acquiring and or improving lands for a public park. We have no public park at Cross Bayou. It's been more than 25 years. Now, when they pitched this to us, because okay, so I voted. Where's the they, $5 million? They've been acquiring land. They have been doing that. $5 million uh, worth? That's a good question, Mikey. That's a really good question. But when they came out and did these talks, you know, these uh, what would be called TED Talks back then, mm-hmm. it was, we're going to have this beautiful park on Cross Bayou, and you'll be able to bring your kids, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Where's my freaking park? Or give me my freaking money back. Me, yeah, let me know where that $5 million went. Okay, I'm ready for p- people to pib up now. Elio cars will be built at the GM plant. We know where that's gone. Fairgrounds Field will be torn down. Still waiting. Oh, here I go. Night Street. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more. We voted on that in 2011. 2011. Still waiting. Here's some things that may happen. I mean, we've we're got some new things on our list. Rev Entertainment. Yeah. Got to yeah, find the exciting. money. Got to find that, the money. Uh, Diamond Jack's facelift. That's exciting news. I think that may happen before m- many of the others. Uh, Chasing Aces Golf Development in Bossier City. Mm-hmm. I think that's on track. And the new Jimmy Davis Bridge. Diamond Jack's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. If they all Jimmy happen. Davis Bridge. <laughs> what happens first? I think I think the golf thing happens first. Well, that's private, and it's already been approved. Yeah, I think, and that, yeah. yeah. So you're not you're not. There's it's, no government funding for that. So yeah, that'll get rolling quickly. I think that'll happen pretty. You quickly. got you, you got investors going. Let's get a return. Mm-hmm. Let's get this going. I think Diamond Jack's same thing. It's not pub. It's not uh, public money. So. Um, perhaps Rev Entertainment, it's going to involve some city money. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, can't wait to get that street list today and find out if, uh, K N I G H T is on there. <laughs> I can't go anymore. I'm going to get upset. <laughs> I wish I could be with you when you get the list. I want to watch you <laughs> open it. It'd be like a, it'd be like a young actor looking at a cast list to see if they got cast in a show. Yeah. Did I make it? Did I make it? <laughs> you know, when you send me the list, put that street in all caps, please. <laughs> That would be. I would. That would make me happy. Red font. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Philip Roseman joining us after the top of the hour, talking about Stoner Hill and uh, the Louisiana Key Academy. Mike and McCarty. What about?
you, you, I'm going to have to take some deep breaths. You got what? You got do you to, have any of your prescription stuff you. over there, Ruben? <laughs> I'm on my way. Don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> thank you, John Glover. Uh, yeah, John Glover, we love you. John asked for the list yesterday. I asked for it later in the evening, so mine's on the way later this morning. But John sent me her list of street repairs that are going to be done in Shreveport with this $12 million in money that they're and moving. And what's awesome about this timing was I had just said, I wish I could be with you when you got, when you got well, you the list. you saw the face. Because I wanted to watch you go down the list. You saw my I face? I looked at Ruben I said, oh my gosh, it's not on it. <laughs> Night Street's not on the list. I'm praying that it's being done with a separate pile of money because it is being done with bond money that we right. approve whatever's okay. left. Oh, I gotta take a breath. But I'm looking down this list, and hang on, I texted my councilman because this is not bothering Aaron McCarty, the radio person anymore. This is bothering <laughs> Aaron McCarty, the, the resident, the taxpayer yes. who lives in that area. Exactly. And this is from my councilman, Mr. Talaferro. I have spoken with both the mayor just yesterday and Tom Dark last week about doing something using the funds which were appropriated by the voters. Don't lose hope. I'm working it. You can't send me a list of street repairs that you're going to do because it's a desperately needed problem and not have some of the money. I'll reach out to Gary Norman, public works director, because I think it's a it's a separate bucket of money. And it's got some of the bond money left over, but not enough to do Night Street. But you'd think we'd move some. Oh man! Well, see now, I'm I'm. You've got me about the uh, the five million dollars in the park. I, I want to know what happened there. Where's the? What did we buy? Yeah, we need to ask. Where did what that did we money buy? go? Where is that five million? Because there is no park. There's no park. We own some land. So how much of that $5 million is left? Where is it? Now, we used it, it. Some of it we used for where the convention center is. We used part of it for that. That was land that the convention center was put on, um, which is fine, but it ain't $5 million worth. I wouldn't think so. But, Mike, here's my problem. And and, and this, is, this is not just to this mayor. It's to any city government leader. I will bash and bash and bash you till... Cows come home. Is that, is that what comes home, cows? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. If you come to me for more tax dollars well. for another bond issue, and I'm driving on a street every day, and I don't care that it's in my neighborhood. I'd, I w- if it was in Moortown, if it was in MLK, if we voted on that in 2011, and you ain't scooped a shovel of dirt yet. Get ready on the button, Ruben. I am not voting yes, and I will rant and I will rave until roosters come home if I have to. Do roosters come home? Yeah, they might as well. They might, because it's ridiculous that that, but we voted on that in 2011. Dude, it's 2023. Yeah, it's 2023, by the way. Where are my flying cars? (laughs) Damn it, man. Who do I talk to about that? 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, Dr. Um. Philip Roseman coming up after the local news. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty in studio with Dr. Philip Roseman, uh, education advocate here in town. Um 
Philip, just a brief history for those that don't know you. Um, you worked with um, the the one of the first initiatives that you got started years ago was yeah, the Alliance for Education. Alliance for Education. And, uh, I um, I'm a I'm a physician by trade and uh, just believe education is the most important thing we can deal with in our community and what's going to set it apart for its future and have been working on that for a long time and so. Uh, the, the school board is is set to vote, I believe, next week on a proposal to close the Stoner Hill Lab School and merge those students into Cresswell Elementary, I believe. Um, what do you know about this plan? I mean, there are a lot of people in the Stoner Hill neighborhood that are not happy about it, but how has the enrollment declined in that community, in that school? Well, it's, uh, you know, the enrollment in the Caterpillar school system has declined. The enrollment in the nation's decline. The enrollment in the state's uh, decline. So this is just part of a continuous reduction of enrollment. Um, there's only about 200 students in the Stoner Hill School now. Uh, they only have one grade uh, per uh, one class per grade. And one of the grades has only eight or ten students. So, you know, it's a bigger school with uh, n- uh, not really that big a student enrollment. And again, um, we're talking about the possibility of those students being able to go to Cresswell, which is a fabulous school. Um, it's a superstar school. Uh, uh, I uh, do an education podcast and we talk to the people from Cresswell and the work in the communities and school and I was very impressed about what they're doing at Cresswell School and I think the parents of the students will feel the same uh, once they get there. Has there been kickback for uh, the idea of closing Stoner Hill? Sure, I think there's kickback every time you close or think about closing any school. Um, in Jefferson Parish uh, this uh, past year they closed eight schools. Um, and uh, there was a need to do that, and and we're, we're going to have to start making some of those hard decisions about consolidating schools here again because, you know, a few, about 20 years ago we had 53, 54,000 students in the Caddo Parish school system, and now we have about 37,000, and we have the same infrastructure. So that is probably going to need to change uh, uh, to make it most efficient uh, financially uh, in running the schools. So what's caused, is this a decline just in public schools or is it in public and private schools? It's uh, public it schools. What I'm talking issue? about is public schools. There is an out-migration issue um, in this town that mm-hmm. we live in, Shreveport, uh, to uh, Bossier, to uh, uh, DeSoto Parish. Uh, and then to Texas, you know, many people move to Texas. We, we all have seen that. Uh, so it's an out migration, but, it, uh, uh, there's just, there's less students in the school system and it has been consistently dropping, uh, every year. Isn't that pretty much a, um, a result of the baby boomers kids are now out of school? Uh, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Uh, having less children, right. uh, with this, the current, uh, uh, parents are having less children than they did 20 years ago. Um, and, um, uh, so I, I think there's a lot of reasons, you know, why, um, but realistically, 
this is the start of thinking about consolidations for schools because we have less students. What will happen with the Stoner Hill facility? What, what are you hearing? What's the plan? That's always a problem, leaving an empty school in our neighborhood. And I think it's going to be a pro- – there's no definite plans for the school. There's no definite buyer for the school. Uh, I know in our dealings with Arthur Circle, that school stood without anybody in it for almost a decade. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a nice piece of land. So, uh, again, they'll be looking for uh, uh, people that are interested in using that facility uh, or using that land. And, you know, I think there are some people that were looking at, uh, for instance, at Arthur Circle that may be looking at Stoner Hill, I don't know, for any kind of project. There was a little bit of discussion I heard last week when it popped up that it could be a second location for your key academy for um, kids with dyslexia, correct? Well, at one point in time, you know, we were looking for a a school that that this was discussed uh, even back then uh, before announcement. I think they've been working on this for and talking to people in the community and talking to parents and talking for a long time. Uh, and so, uh, 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 this possibility of the future of the closing of the school was presented to us, uh, but, uh, we felt that it would, uh, best interest for our school to buy the Arthur Circle School. Where are you now on that? How soon do you hope to get that school open? And how do, how do folks start applying or finding out more? They're working every day on mm-hmm. school and uh, remodel, doing some remodeling on school, obviously, and getting it ready for the type of teaching that goes on uh, in uh, the, the specialty school for dyslexia. Uh, so uh, uh, we are, we are uh, testing uh, children uh, uh, for dyslexia. Uh, every time we have a testing we seem to fill it up in no time. Uh, so I think there's a lot of students that are being checked on because of their difficulties with reading. Uh, and we expect and will will be open uh, for this next school year, no doubt. Uh, this, this, the, uh, the place will be ready. The school will be ready. Uh, and the teachers will be ready. And, and I feel certain that we'll have significant number of students you know it's not just Caddo Parish you know that mm-hmm. that uh, can be served by this school uh it can be Bossier Parish Webster DeSoto in fact in Baton Rouge where the first school is there's about 12 parishes that are served by the school so it's not just one parish but it covers a large area and 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 parents that are looking to get some help with dyslexia for their children are often willing to drive uh, to get that help. Uh, And this school provides that at no cost, which is another great, I mean, to me, it's the great part of this is Mm -hmm. that it's a charter school. It's at no cost. Um, My my grandchild uh, pays more than the tuition, I think, at LSU uh, to go to a school in Dallas. Uh, So I know how much this costs. Uh, and we'll be able to get it to the people in our 
community. And for those that, that don't know what we're talking about, the Louisiana Key Academy is going to be focused uh, strictly for students with dyslexia. It's strictly for dyslexia. It's, uh, every student there has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. That's part of the beauty of the whole thing is there's an expertise that develops because you're all you're you're having teachers that are interested in teaching kids with dyslexia. So that you have a trained staff to deal with that issue. Yeah, it's tremendous teacher training that goes into this, and and there'll be people from other places and people from here that'll be trained. Uh, to teach in the school and uh, dyslexia is just it's it's very common much more common than than I and, thought and, and, and it will serve what grade levels it'll uh, serve first through the fourth grade and we're hope at the beginning and it'll add a grade every year uh, and we hope to be starting a kindergarten too we're working on that and so if somebody is interested in learning more it's called Louisiana Key Academy how do they find out more information l k a louisiana key academy l k a the initials dot com okay go to that website and you'll be uh you'll be able to get to uh more conversation about this and what where you can go when they're going to test again um, and more about the school uh, so people can fully understand. I'll tell you a story. Uh, we went to the city council yesterday to talk about this school. Alan Jackson, one of the councilmen, has a child who has uh, dyslexia. And he talked about how difficult it was for him. He's a he's a doctorate, okay, how difficult mm-hmm. it was for him to get the service that he needed and to understand what was going on with his own child. Uh, and how guilty he felt about the fact that he thought his kid just was being lazy when, in fact, the child didn't see the words like we see the words, and he would have to be trained to do that. So So I think that goes on all over. And I tell you, the more I listen to these uh, stories of, of, of parents and students, people I know, people in the state legislature who have dyslexia, I'm just amazed. Um, uh, how it, people. it goes a lot deeper than than we realize, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does, and they're, yeah. these are very, very, very bright children uh, who are just don't see the words on the page right, and thus they can't really read well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, sets them back. It does. It sets mm-hmm. them back a great deal. You know, fifty to eighty percent of the jail population is dyslexic. Wow, and um, there's a reason for that. Yeah. They can't read, uh, and they can't. It's difficult to go further in education and get a good job, and all that leads to a public safety issue. So mm. this is a really an issue of literacy. It's even an issue of public safety uh, and getting, I guess, being proactive mm-hmm. to kind of reduce the jail population by educating them and having them be literate. Uh, and this is just another thing in that, another bow in that, another arrow in that quiver. Dr. Philip Roseman, Mm -hmm. man, thanks for coming in. Appreciate you coming out. Thanks very much. We'll we'll keep updated on this and uh, uh, keep folks educated, no pun intended, (laughs) about uh, Louisiana Key Academy. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Philip. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Micah McCarty. You had a cool old post on the on the website this morning. 
a superstar yeah. in the area. That is so cool. I <laughs> I remember seeing a, a I think it was a, one of those um, James Corden mm-hmm. karaoke things, yeah. and they were in London. Oh, cool! And he had Paul McCartney in oh. the car, oh, and so they're my. doing you know they're whatever they do. Oh. Well, he drives to a little club. I mean, a little this you know not much bigger than the studio we're in. And Paul gets out and plays. Oh. And Paul goes inside, and they've got this huge curtain kind of set up around the oh. little bitty bandstand in there, and wow. the people are in there have no idea. What's about to happen? What's about to happen? And that's kind of what happened the other night. So cool. It was at Noble Savage. And uh, this person was there, you know, for a a family friend event, you know, a a dinner party. And then decided to get up on stage and jam for about 15 minutes. Did some blues, did some country. It was freaking Kix Brooks. Got up on stage and played for about 15 minutes. You can see the video at keelnews.com. It is incredible. He's, he's even playing the harmonica. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, man. Shreveport it, native. Yeah. And people posted the video and they shared it with me. And then you, you can see some pictures of him. He took a lot of pictures with fans that were there. But a lot of people were in there and didn't even realize it was him until he gets on stage. Like, he, oh. I, I, I told you years ago when I did mornings on KWKH, the radio ranch, mm-hmm. when they still played country. Yes. Uh, right, that studio right behind you mm-hmm. before Brooks and Dunn. He uh. would come in. He His his mom lived here. Yeah. And he would come into town a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd sit in that studio with me and we would play cuts off of, you know, his albums, oh, Kicks Brooks. And, uh, and and visit. So I would love to see him today yeah. and, and see if he remembers mm-hmm. uh, coming in studio with well, me. Well, if you got to see that Saturday night at yeah. Noble Savage, you, oh, lucky you. Yeah. No doubt. No kidding. Wow. Uh, Louisiana Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, going to be joining us uh, about 740 this morning, Mike and McCarty. What a way. Never heard that song before in my life. Before this, <laughs> and now I love it. The video is hilarious. Power love solo. That Look them up. They're Power great. solo. Okay. One one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I want to thank um, Shreveport CAO Tom Dark, who is helping me with my blood pressure this morning <laughs> because I really yeah. it was out of control. After I got the a look at some of the streets they're going to work on and Night Street's not on it. After we voted on Night Street in 2011, uh, they bid it out last time and their projections was it was going to cost $3 million and they got no bids. It's going to probably cost more than that. So I asked, please, what's the status of Night Street? Mm-hmm. We voted on it in 2011. And he replied. And this, you know what, this is kind of helpful to me because the bl- blood pressure was... Uh, Dr. Roseman had to take my, my blood pressure a minute ago because I was a little bit out of whack. He had a stethoscope around He did. He did. He was ready to do CPA. I mean, what it, was it called? <laughs> He's ready to do your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Tom says, quote, Knight Street needs at least three million more to try to bid it again at the original scope. Inflation and delays have really hit this project. 
We are trying to determine whether to add money from a future bond issue. A future bond issue. Or to do a portion of the work before then. I'm going to wave my finger. <laughs> and shake Don't your head. You, and shake my head. <laughs> Don't you come to me with another bond issue for this project. You best find the money to make some improve. If we have to give up the lights. What was the original cost uh, when they did the original it, bond issue? It was going to be about years ago. It was going to be about three million, I think. And the last time they put it out for bids, nobody bid because you can't do it for three million now. Right, right. And I don't know that we still even have three million left. Anyway, we got to take a break. So now got, he's saying there's going to be it, it needs to be about six million. Six million is what it sounds yeah. like. So which we don't have. <sighs> So come, you know what? Come to me like a big boy and say we can't do sidewalks or we can't do the lighting, but it really needs sidewalks. There's a lot of people that walk from those apartments to the Walmart. And anyway, I know Kay Brumley's coming up next. <sighs> Did or he leave any the, blood or to pressure? The y. Yeah, that's true. You know, absolutely. Because I mean, you would walk to the Y, wouldn't you? Of course, I would. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Kay Brumley, uh, Louisiana Superintendent of Education, joining us next. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Louisiana Superintendent of Education, Kate Brumley, joining us. Good morning, Kate. Thanks for taking time to talk with us. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. One of the big subjects coming up, of course, the legislative session is teacher pay. Tell us about what uh, what 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 do we expect on teacher pay for this year? Yeah, look, I've been having conversations with, with legislators about this issue. Um, I made a recommendation our, our state board endorsed, and, and we provided it to the legislature that calls for a uh, $2,000 across-the-board pay raise for our teachers, $1,000 for support uh, workers. But it also creates a, a targeted pool of funds uh, that we're calling differentiated compensation that would provide system leaders uh, and governing boards of schools the ability to have additional funds uh, for critical shortage areas, uh, subjects like high school math and science, special education, hard-to-staff schools, um, teachers who are who are really performing well in terms of student outcomes, and then also teachers who are taking on additional responsibilities in terms of mentoring uh, new teachers and supporting other teachers. And so uh, there's a lot of conversation happening around around teacher pay raise right now. Uh, and we'll just have to continue to track that. How do we compare to the national average of teachers' salaries in Louisiana? Yeah, look, nationally, um, we're we're at least you know ten thousand dollars or so behind. Uh, the 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 comparison that is is most frequently used in in our state is what's called the Southern Regional Average or the SREB average. Uh, and the SREB SREB average a couple of years ago was about uh, fifty five thousand. Uh, and so we're we're a couple of thousand dollars behind the SREB average, um, but you know we we have we have made gains the last couple of years because our teachers have received pay raises um, the the last three years I think. Uh, but certainly this year we're working to try to secure an additional pay raise for our teachers because we believe that they need and deserve it. There's also a lot of talk uh, among lawmakers, and you've been working on it too, about making our schools more secure. You you are pushing measures to 
have one entry in all schools? Is that kind of the, the primary goal? Well, there there are several things important to, to school safety. I think first and foremost is just a culture of if you see something, say something. So having having students believe that if they see something wrong, that, that there's an adult that they can tell uh, that something could happen. You know, making sure we have uh, mental health uh, support, such as school counselors available for our kids. Um, making sure law enforcement and schools and first responders train together. Uh, but another important uh, element is just hardening our school perimeters, uh, access control, making sure our, our, our locks are functioning properly. And so we received a grant uh, in the amount of $21 million uh, from the federal government for school safety. And so it's one-time dollars. And so, you know, I want to use it for one-time costs. Uh, not reoccurring costs. And so what, what we have uh, made available to school systems across the state uh, is an application where they can submit proposals for single points of entry. So whenever I talk about single points of entry, I mean making sure that, that everyone coming into the school on a daily routine basis is, is going through one uh, coordinated single point of entry with all the other doors locking. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that they can't uh, exit the building from other doors if necessary, but going in and out uh, controlling who is in the building. And so we, we intend to award 42 grants of a half million dollars each. When, when uh, is that going to happen? When, when, are you gonna, when are you going to make those announcements? Yeah, we, we released the application about a month ago, a little longer. Uh, we, we just received proposals. Our, our goal is to make this just distribution in June. Uh, that way uh, school systems still have uh, a couple of months or so before the school season starts if, if they want to use it to try and get this done before the beginning of the school year. Have you gotten proposals from Caddo and Bossier? Um I, I deliberately have not looked at, at the proposals. Uh, we have a, a set of reviewers who are doing that. Okay. Um, but I, I know that, that we uh, certainly have a lot of proposals uh, and, and, and we're excited about the fact that uh, we're going to be able to fund um, 42 of these proposals. We're talking with Kate Brumley, Louisiana Superintendent of Education. Kate, if you had a magic wand and an, a huge suitcase full of cash, what would your ideal project be? What would you like to do? <laughs> are, are we talking about uh, in terms of, of school safety or, or overall? Overall, what would your dream project be? Oh man, that 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 that's hard on the on the spot. I'm I'm sorry. I, <laughs> for me, for me, most of the time, I just think about you know school, schools were never built to be social institutions. We were we were built to be academic ones, uh, and I'm afraid along along the way that was lost sometimes. And so the, for me, the more that we can just focus on simple things like teaching kids to read and do math and graduate high school ready to do something. Um, that that's what's important. And, and along the way, I recognize that like parental rights matter a lot. Mm -hmm. And then also, uh, along the way, knowing that we have to have a teacher, uh, for all of our kids and, and we're still teachers short uh, across the state. So, um, I, I think that that is one of the persistent issues that, that we have been facing. We have, we have made gains, but we still have to do a better job of one, making sure families have access to the school that makes the most sense for them. And, and two, making sure we have uh, teachers ready for our kids in our schools. I have a lot of friends who teach, and they're, I, you know, I think if I had to ask them their number one complaint is so much prep work that goes in for leap testing. They spend a lot of their time getting the kids ready for leap testing. Is there a better way to do that, Dr. Brumling? 
Well, I mean, I think there are several things that, that teachers would say um, compromise their, their ability to do the job in the way in which they would like to do it. I, I think, one, you'll, you'll hear bureaucracy, which I think is a little bit about what you're, you're talking about. And so, you know, we're looking at ways, how can we reduce that? I think another thing you hear is wanting strong leadership in their, in their buildings. So, you know, we have over the last couple of years launched a, a principal preparation program to help train uh, aspiring leaders across the state. I think you'll hear they want a classroom free of disruptions, meaning meaning they want kids to behave in their classroom so they can do their job. Uh, and then, you know, they, they, they want salary that makes sense to them, for them. Um, and so those are all things that we're trying to work on. Um, and, I, and I think we have to do a lot better. Now, if you're talking about elite preparation, I, you know, whenever we're thinking about standardized testing, I like to think more about the content. Um, do, do students understand the skills that are necessary to be uh, successful on a test. Do, do they understand how to uh, work through fractions? Do, do they understand how to diagram a sentence? Do they understand um, scientific uh, uh, principles and, and historical uh, events? And so mm-hmm. I, I think more about actual content that's assessed rather than preparing to be successful on a test, like test-taking strategies. Yeah. There's a, a a bill being proposed, HB 121, requiring uh, at least 15 minutes of daily recess for public schools uh, with kindergartens grades uh, through five, kindergarten through five. I was surprised that that's not already. I mean, that to me seems like it's a, a critical component in education is to get those kids active, reset their brains a little bit so they could focus on the, you know, the rest of the day. Well, I mean, I, I told some people uh, the other day in a public meeting, if, if they don't like that bill, they can blame me uh, because I, I, am, I am driving this particular bill. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for the help and support of the, the legislator who's, who has authored this. But we, we hear so much right now about mental, mental uh, health issues and well-being and trauma. Uh, and, and I just believe, you know, sometimes we just have to let kids be kids. You know, ensure that they have some time during the day where they have supervised but but unstructured uh, recess, where they can go out, get some fresh air, just take a break, um, and then come back in and, and and do the things that are most important for a school reading and, and math. And um, rule but, but right now, right right now across the state, there, there are places where uh, in in grades K through five, kids do not have the opportunity to have a daily recess. It's part and, of the know, problem. It's part of the problem that it. It, it takes away that it's not included in in instructional minutes, and this bill will change it. It will say recess is now part of your instructional minutes that you're required. Well, there are certain amount amounts. Yes, so there are certain amounts of minutes required during the day. And, mm-hmm. and what this bill says is that for those K five students, um, this particular fifteen minutes that we're asking to have for recess would not prompt the school year to be lengthened. It would not prompt the day to be lengthened. Okay, uh, and and so. There are there are schools in in the state of Louisiana that do not allow or do not have recess for their kids, and I, I just think that kids deserve the ability. Well, maybe not deserve. Kids should have the opportunity to go out during the day um, and, and and just play and take a mental break for a few minutes. And so w- we think recess is important. Uh, we think it's it's healthy. And uh, that's why we, we have that bill in play this session. Yeah, I think you were right the first time. Kids do deserve that. Yeah, they do deserve yeah. some time to play and be kids. Mm-hmm. Cade Brumley, thank you for your time, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Appreciate it. Have a great week. What a 
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. We're just talking with our corporate engineer. Yeah. Yeah, you turned in a ticket on... Oh, oh we had something foobarring and goofing up and whatever you call it. And I, you know, I have to run it up to flagpole, I, you know. I, I have a corporate flagpole. I'm, I've lost interest already. I saw a post... <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel, yeah. The conversation far exceeded my interest in it. Um, Somebody asked if there was an organization that does video game reviews. Okay. Like Plugged In does for movies. Okay. And and that intrigued me because I've told you, nobody, nobody, you... You don't. You probably didn't watch what your two boys were playing on their video games. No, you no. watched what movies they watched. You know what I mean. You didn't yeah. let them at eight years old sit down and watch Scarface, right? But I bought their video games. That was back in the day when you actually bought the video games. They didn't just load them onto their systems. But see, today you don't have to do that. How and and. Aaron, these video games today, again, again, oh, I no. know, I sound like the old man. Kids are dancing too close together. Mm-hmm. But seriously, look at, look at the influence this has on the mindset. You look at, we, we talk about there's no respect for human life. Right. Where does this, where does this thinking come from? You know, the comment was made on the message board a while back. We didn't have the gun violence problem in schools mm-hmm. when we all had hunting rifles in our back windows yeah. in our cars. In but the I, I'm going to tell you, Mike, they've but done the studies. They've different. done studies, and they don't. They do not connect video violent video games. I, I don't believe they that. don't. The, the, it's amazing because you think that you would think all those hours. Of, you can't tell me that they spend that much time and it's not influencing their thinking. I have two boys who are great men now, and they spent on many, many hours before video games. My videos were, were Bugs Bunny, and that influenced <laughs> me, I'm telling you. But you got to say, my two sons are wonderful. They <laughs> survived it. Weather traffic coming up next, Mike and McCarty. What a- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Also, a free download courtesy of Office Furniture Source, where you can hear Sean Hannity every Monday through Friday, two to five, here on seven ten Keel. There's a, a documentary out that uh, I, th- I think it's on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. that you uh, yeah. you said mm-hmm. you just watched, and this is this I, I I'm I'm going to look this up because this is fascinating you to me. Will love it. Yeah, it is called. Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And I had no clue some of the early stuff that happened when they were silent films. Um, they were just, the technology was brand new. Of course, it was all invented by Thomas Edison. And at the time, some of these movie entrepreneurs, they couldn't, ha- they didn't have access to the movies. Edison and a small group of people made the movies and they were just testing their cameras and all that. And then they decided, uh, some of these entrepreneurs said, what if we could show these movies to people? And they were like short movies. They were 10, 15 minutes. And so it's, it's focused on this guy named Carl Limley. And what he had to do was he had to go to Edison 
and rent the movie from him. Like Edison was blockbuster. Okay, and then Limley would set up a in a room, you know, m- not much bigger than this, you know, a dozen chairs, and he would show the movie, and he would charge you a quarter or a nickel. Or Actually, probably, it was a nickel because yeah. it was Nickelodeon. That's how that came about. He would show the movie, and then he would take the movie back to Edison. Well, I thought Nickelodeon was a machine. Well, I think they what came up with that? the name because they because that's the price they charge for the movies. But I don't know. Then he would rent another movie from Edison, and he'd go and show it in the next week. And it, but then Edison he realized Edison get all these movies. He was Didn't making he have DVD them. collection. No, he was making them because he was testing his cameras, ah, and he wanted to see, okay. you know, what does it work if we're moving faster, if you're slow. So he started, you know, increasing the the quality of his movies. But then Edison started realizing these movie guys that open these movie theaters are making huge money. From my movies. So Thomas Edison, who we all think of this wonderful, he created a freaking cartel, <laughs> a mob. <laughs> and if you were showing his movies and you didn't pay, you now have to pay a license fee to him and all kind oh, of wow. extra fees to show his movie. Then he would send these thugs in with bats to beat you up. Oh, come on. Yes. Thomas Tom- Edison. Yes. <laughs> Thomas Edison. He didn't do any of the beating himself. But he directed it. Done. Why wasn't that in the history book? I know. You don't hear that about Edison, do you? And it happened a lot, though. So it ended up being that th- these guys would have to go overseas to create movies. They in- ultimately got the technology. Then they would go to Cuba and make their own movies. Then they could ship them back. There's four planes. So the movies would have to come back on a boat. Then they would sh- And then that shows the rise of Mary Pickford, who... The the early guys who made these early movies, they didn't name the stars in the movies. You just had – she was called the curly-haired girl. Well, she became popular. If there was a movie with the curly-haired girl, because she's beautiful, people went to that movie. It was all the rage. Everybody wanted to rent that movie. But then this Limley guy decided, I'm going to sign her to a contract, and I'm going to name you starring Mary Pickford. And Pickford was like cool, and they were paying her five hundred a week. Was was oh I mean, my god, unbelievable Huge money, money at the time. Yeah, huge. She became a superstar. Then she teamed up with Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks to say, you know what? They're making all these movies and money off of our backs. We're going to create our own movie making studio. Yeah, this to is which they to which they created Universal Artists, United Artists, United Artists, right? Yes. And then they controlled the movies they made and the movie. And it when goes you think about the name, we, we, we just heard that forever, United yeah. Artists. But then you think about, oh, it really was. Artists uniting. Yes. That's, it's just fascinating. It's the early days of Warner Brothers, Paramount, uh, Universal, and United Artists. And I mean, it is an incredible documentary. And then I'm just getting to the point where the sound is synced up. And they get to make The Jazz Singer, which was the first movie the Warner Brothers did. And it changes the game. I mean, when you can see them talking. And also, this one of these guys decided instead of these 15-minute features, we're going to take books and stage plays. And we're going to make two-hour movies. Film them. Yes. We're going to make feature films. And then they it, – it, it is fascinating. If you want to watch something about the history, I, the early history. I love history, that oh. about um, – remember Singing in the Rain? 
Oh yeah. And and the whole the subplot was the they were silent film stars mm-hmm. and that's when talkies started coming about and they were yeah. trying to figure out how to record this sound and Right. Oh yeah. And your girl sounded <laughs> like this. <laughs> And nobody I, wanted to hear her. I loved watching one of the Warner guys say, oh, no one wants to hear sound in movies. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants. But then they did one that had just music and sound effects of a sword fight. And when he heard that, he looked and went, oh, my, this is a game changer. So then they started pursuing the jazz singer and, and working on that. And they got it out first. And it changed the world. It it's an incredible series. I, I can, you know, I strongly encourage you to go find it wherever you can. That's fascinating. Titans, now, the was Rise there, of Hollywood. Was the, um, when they talked about these studio executives, was the scene with the horse head in the bed? Was that, was that mm-hmm. it? Ah, ah, ah. We're, we're only to like 1925, oh, okay. okay? We hadn't, hadn't had that happen yet. Was Sorry. It, was it in the 40s? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Mike and McCarty. I, Alan Seabaugh joining us at 840. Legislative session is kicking off. What are his priorities and what are some of the bills he's going to try to bury? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> there you go. We'll find out next. Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. I remember hearing oh it's a couple of weeks ago now. Um the left one reason that the left is going so far is that to actually get a reaction from the right. Oh yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're they're now they've gone so far overboard mm-hmm. that they're not even hiding, you know, their agenda anymore. And uh one of the one of the effects of that is um, like state rep Jeremy Lacombe mm. from Louisiana has now left the Democratic Party, and he has joined the reasoned, the logical, and the sane. Congratulations, <laughs> Jeremy, and uh, welcome aboard. And what's interesting is he, there's others that have done it just recently. Uh, Tricia Cotham out of North Carolina, state rep. Mm-hmm. Aaron, she was persecuted by her own party by the democrats yeah because a she had an american flag on her <laughs> car she actually got flack for having a flag on her car because she had an america has an american flag they hate this country mm. um she supports the second amendment god bless her Oh God! You can't be a Democrat and support the Second Amendment. No, no. But I, but the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back, she would invoke the name of Jesus <gasps> in prayer on the House floor. No, in North Carolina. not Jesus. Oh, they couldn't have that. And that, oh. and, and to me, therein lies the heart of the issue. Because it, it it it's it's not a political issue. It's not an ideological issue. It's a spiritual issue we're mm. facing in this country. Yeah. And you know, God says He's going to turn us over to our sin. Right. Right. And uh, another Louisiana representative, uh, Francis Thompson, he left the Democrat Party last month. So it's you know, 
Joe Biden's numbers are down to like 40 percent. Yeah. I'm wondering on Francis Thompson if Moon will change his nickname because he has (laughs) called Francis Thompson Francis the Fee Thompson uh, for years because there wasn't a fee that Francis Thompson didn't vote for. Uh, He voted for all of them. Uh, Is he really a Republican? Is he just, I don't know. And and somebody that that runs on one platform, I almost want to say, you know what, you can't do that. Yeah, because you, yeah, you you do have and now even though they've come to my side, mm-hmm. but you've got voters that voted for you, right? Based on what you told them mm-hmm. during the during the uh, campaign, yeah. And now you're coming in and saying, "Oh, I'm going to do this now," right? You're not going to be able to keep voting for all those fees and doing all that if now you're cons- calling yourself a conservative Republican. But but if you won with a majority, mm-hmm. and there there there's there's a whole other segment. There's a debate. Yeah. Um, if you won the election, then the majority of people expected you to vote a certain way. Mm-hmm. You said you were going to represent them in a certain way. Right. And now you're going. No, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm, yeah. Now, as much as I love the fact that they left the Democratic, you know, the Democrat Party. Sure. Um, I still, I, I, I'm not comfortable with, with that. And then you, and then too, you go, well, what's going to piss you off? And then you're going to switch back. Yes, exactly. Or, you know. Exactly. And you, we got to keep an eye on how they vote. I mean, because that's going to matter. And are they going to vote conservative? And are they going to push bills that are conservative and that are fiscally responsible? You know, I just, to see the governor speak yesterday about how he's been, you know, he's gotten us out of a, a financial hole and all. You know, the budget when he took office, I think, was $29 billion. <laughs> It's now over $45 billion. And we've lost residents. Yeah, we've can got someone justify that, please, for out me? Migration in this uh, yes. out of the state of Louisiana. I, I, you just cannot justify the growth of government when your state is losing residents. I just can't get. It. You can preach to me about how great the budget is and all that. I know we got a ton of federal money pumped into our state, you know, over the last couple of years. But you can't tell me how great you have managed the budget when you've nearly doubled it. You know, Tulsi Gabbard left the Democrat Party, but the more you hear her, I feel my my thought is she's genuine. Mm-hmm. She left because she was fed up, right? And and the more you hear her, now she's not in in uh, in office anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, I agree with, I love her, yeah, yeah, and and, and so, and then you have. <laughs> This boy, Aaron, this is a whole entirely new segment. Gavin Newsom. Hmm. Have you heard him actually speak? I mean, have you heard any of his talking points? Yes, of course. And he's he's a nut job. Aaron, he just out and out lies unabashedly. Wackadoodle. I mean, literally says words that have... Absolutely no meaning and mm-hmm. no connection to any truth. I know. I know. It's scary. It's scary. And some of his ideas he's pushing, how will his state I survive started, that? Look, I've started getting getting uh, the blood pressure going. You've here. already got, I've seen shows where people from California are now buying 
10, 20 million dollar homes in Vegas because they no longer want California to be their oh, home. Cali- uh, we talked about the outward migration out oh. of Louisiana. Nothing compared to California. Oh, it, I mean, people are flocking out of that state. The people are leaving for different reasons. Yeah. California, they're leaving because they're fed up with that woke leftist policies. Mm-hmm. And the high taxes, yep. <sighs> it's crazy. And where are they going? Everything's expensive. A lot of them coming to Texas. They have a lot of the rich ones going to Vegas. And a lot of them are going to Florida. Oh, you bet. And he had the cojones to go to Florida and talk about how Florida is doing it wrong. (laughs) Why aren't you doing it like California? Oh, boy. We're doing all the things right in California. Aaron, how does he do that with a... With a straight mm. face. I mean, they've yeah. got to go back into the room, and it's got to be like in the movie. They go, <laughs> yeah. you heard what I said? Right. <laughs> They're buying it. They're eating it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's nuts. It, it is. It's it really absolutely is. crazy. Mm. And who's the author of lies? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, Alan Seabog going to join us coming up at 840. Mike and McCarty. What do I... One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. You know when Film Prize first got started, mm-hmm. um, they, they they would block off the head of Texas Street up there in front of the First United Methodist Church, in front of where Stan's Records used to be. Oh yeah, art space, and uh, it was just such a awesome. It's it, it still to this day mm-hmm. has such an awesome feel to it. Yes, and over the years it has grown and grown. Uh, they do fashion prize now. They have film prize for uh, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, music prize. What else? Yeah, they yeah. do music prize. They so do much. food. The, food the pri- Golden yeah. Fort. Mm-hmm. They have chefs compete. Um, now there's Taco Wars. <gasps> so fun. Gregory, you're just amazing. Yeah. Dude, I hope somebody hears that and when tells is, you. When is Taco Wars? It's coming up, isn't it? Taco Wars is, is yeah, coming up this month uh, on the 29th. Okay. And it'll be outside Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. Nice. Uh, out in front of there, along, all along that street, they've got, they'll have tables set up. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of people will be down there. You need to go to Time Out, by the way. I do? Yes. Okay. Because the taco pictures you put in the post <laughs> at keelnews.com. <laughs> OMG. Oh, they're going to make, don't look right now because it's going to make you hungry. Aaron, there are 16 competitors in oh, this. That's and, and incredible. I've never heard of a lot of these places. It's going to be delish. So cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love tacos. So you need to get the time out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> then you'll have to talk to Alan by yourself. No, we'll stretch the mic. Alan, <laughs> Alan Seabon joining us. Coming up next, Mike and McCarthy. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh State Representative Alan Seabaugh joining us. Alan, good morning, sir. 
Good morning. How are y'all doing? We're doing very well. Thank you for asking. Of course, legislative session getting underway. Uh, is there anything in particular? We know teacher raises are going to be an issue. They're talking about school security. Is there any issues that you're looking forward to or pushing? Well, just big picture, the, the, the fiscal irresponsibility of the governor's budget caught a lot of us off guard. Um, what he's essentially doing, I mean, if you, if you go all the way back, his initial budget eight years ago was $26 billion. Mm-hmm. This year, he's asking us to spend $46 billion. Preach! Nothing, in the, <laughs> nothing has gotten better. The roads aren't better. People the have left. Has gone Thank you. The roof. That's we my have point. Fewer people in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. It's 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 absolutely indefensible. And what he's also asking us to do, and you really have to dig into it to see, he's he's trying to he- to set up the next governor. It's essentially what Edwin Edwards did when he was term limited in the seventies. He made sure that whoever followed him was going to have a difficult time financially by saddling the budget. What John Bell's trying to get us to do is to use the surplus, the one time money, to. Uh, Get a, put a lot of recurring expenses in the budget so that two, three, four years from now, those recurring expenses are still going to be there, but we won't have mm-hmm. the one-time federal influx of money to pay for them, which will severely hamper whoever comes in next. And so it's really fairly transparent. It's easy to see. Um, but the, the fight is going to be over you know, the big picture trying to not – uh, set the state up for even more failure. And the fact of the matter is, it, w- when you when you go from 26 billion to 46 billion, and literally nothing has gotten better. That is the best example I can ever come up with for the the, the simple fact that throwing money at a problem does not solve the problem. We've but thrown money a, at everything, and nothing has gotten better. He will, he will say there's point. more people working. He'll say that the unemployment rate's gotten better. No, 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 no. Those are two very different things. Okay. The unemployment rate is low, but fewer people are working. Uh, he's he's claiming the unemployment rate, mm-hmm. but the unemployment rate only measures people who are actively seeking employment. We have people that have given up, people that have moved out of state, people that simply aren't trying anymore. Um, so the unemployment rate and people working are two completely different things. If you look at people working, it's, he's been a complete failure. Yes, the unemployment rate's low, but but that's that's not the same thing as people working. The bloated budget up to forty five billion. As you, what is it? What is it being spent on? Has he doubled the state payroll? I mean, where where is that money all going? Can you tell? Well, it's, it, it's not all going any one place, but it's it's a lot. Of, uh, uh, of increases across the board. I mean, the, 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 the teacher pay raise is a big one. I have no problem with the teacher pay raise, but the, the amount of money he's talking about, uh, $3,000 per teacher and $1,500 for school support personnel, that's going to go into the MFP, which is by law increases every year. You can't cut it. Mm-hmm. So once you put it in there, it's there forever. And the fact of the matter, look, I have no problem with teacher pay raises. But teachers are local employees, not state employees. The state funds the school system, which then in turn pays the teacher. So he's trying to increase the funding for the local school systems uh, by $3,000 per teacher and $1,500 per employee. But that doesn't necessarily mean that money goes directly to the teachers. That goes to the central office, mm. and they get to spend it however they want. Mm. So it, it's, 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 it's a little different. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, but, but, um, 
saddling the next governor and the next administration with that type of recurring expense without the ability to pay for it is it's fairly transparent. Uh, I look, I think he won't say this, but I think he's planning to wait four years and come back and try to run again. And he's trying. And it's exactly what Edwin Edwards did. Mm -hmm. He knew he was going to be term limited in the late 70s. And he I don't think he thought a Republican was going to win, but he thought Lewis Lambert was going to follow him. He set everything up to where whoever came in after him uh, was saddled with with debt, with recurring expenses and out without the ability to pay for it. And so he spent four years. You know, he he was quiet for a year. Then he spent three years running for reelection. Um, so he's going to come in in four years, you think, and then say, oh, I can be the savior. Yeah, look, look, look at what I did last time. And oh, look, my the, gosh. The, 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 I mean, it, it's because of federal money. It's the hurricanes. It's COVID. It's, you know, that, that's what got us out of this. And and the one thing that galls me about all this, y'all remember, go back to 2018 when he was trying to raise taxes and talking about record deficits. It's probably we never had a deficit. John Bell defines a deficit as wanting more money than we have. Right. That's not a deficit. A deficit is, deficit is not being able to pay your bills. We were, we've never been there as a state. When he said a deficit, he simply meant, I want more money. So we raised taxes. and we, we, we fought. I fought, several of us fought tooth and nail to not raise taxes because it was completely unnecessary. Remember, we had special session after special session. Mm-hmm. I filibustered the, the income tax increase that time. So we had... Um, it was four, three special sessions and a regular. Finally passed the point four five. They were able to get seventy votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I of course voted no. But every year since then, the surplus has been greater than the amount of the tax increase. Is doing think away with the that. income tax a good idea now? Uh, it's something we have to think about. But quite frankly, I don't want to do away with it. But John Bell is governor because whatever whatever he would sign is not going to be good for the people of Louisiana. We're going to have the debate this year, but this is a precursor to the real fix, which will be next year uh, or the following when we have a new governor uh, and a, and a uh, more conservative legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want any half measures that are going to take the issue off the table. We need comprehensive tax reform in Louisiana. Yes. John Bell's idea of how to fix it in mind are very, very different. As long as he's got the veto pin, quite frankly, I don't even want to negotiate. What about an um, increase in the minimum wage to $12 an hour, which he's pitching? Well, it's several things that he pitched um, are just, they're no goes. That's a non starter. Um, the minimum wage increase, when, um, I, look, he can do it for state employees. That's fine. We're, we're we, with, with businesses closing down. And, um, you know, it's hard enough to find people. The market will take care of itself. Um, we, we haven't paid an employee at my law firm less than that in years. Um, because we can't, we, tr- look, I would. Um, we, we have runners and stuff that, that if we could get somebody to work, I'd, I'd hire them, but nobody will work for that. So the, the market takes care of itself. Um, it's the if wrong we thing. Let to, it. every, well, everything, yes, exactly. We, we, everything that he proposed, like along that line is saddling business with excess regulation, making it more expensive to do business and making businesses that not want to locate to Louisiana. His entire agenda has been, he bragged about running the oil and gas industry out of Louisiana, actually bragged about it mm. Um, mm. yesterday. I mean, it, 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 he has devastated the economy, devastated the employment in Louisiana. Um, out migration is through only Southern state losing population. Uh, with more people moving out than moving in. I mean, every it's impossible to find a metric where Louisiana has gotten better with John Bell Edwards as governor. So 
So my attitude is one more year, say no to everything John Bell proposes, and and move, move on next year. Uh, he won't do away with the death penalty. Great idea. Uh, that's facetious. Um, <laughs> you scared me for a brief moment there. Oh, boy. Every, literally everything he threw out is problematic. And then, look, teacher pay raise, I, I support teachers. I would love to find a way to raise their pay. Um, I don't think that proposal is the proper mechanism. Oh, and and just about everything that he – in fact, I was making notes during the speech. Um, I, I didn't write down any – I put a check mark by one thing. I can't remember what it is. I, I have my notes on my desk on the house floor. I okay. put a check mark by – because he said one thing I agreed with, and I don't even remember what it was. I'm I glad you didn't fall asleep. I'm glad you didn't fall asleep. I'm proud of you. No, I was, I was, I was writing. But <laughs> I put a check mark by, by one point. Everything else – I, I fundamentally completely disagree with, Alan. and uh, I just I, I, it's, it's we have one more year to deal with this guy. Um, you know the veto pen's coming. Um, we're, we're, we just got one more D, one more year. We can actually start trying to fix fix T- things. Tell him we we said hi next time you have lunch with him. Appreciate it. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan Seaball. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, McCarthy. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel. What made you ask about Jimmy Carter? I was talking uh, with some friends about him, and, and a couple of my friends thought he had passed, but I no. think he's in hospice care I... at home hospice. I think they have him with the home hospice in uh, Plains, Georgia. At last report, you know, I I just urge you to keep the former president in your prayers for what it's worth. I saw something that came up that he was not in very good health at all. So he's uh, he's one of the examples of a terrible president president mm-hmm. but a good man. A great man, yes. yes. I mean all the good uh, he's done. Not like him as yeah, a person. Absolutely. Um he he had misguided ideas. Mm-hmm. They were well intentioned, I think. I think you're right, yeah. You know, I, I think he honestly had had good intentions. It was just it was just not the right ideas. No, and 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 too far out there for what we needed at the time for our country. Um, and then he was following, you know, he was following Nixon and Carter, which was tumultuous times. I mean, in in the grand remember scheme the lines of things, at the gas station. Oh my gosh, yes. Even number days and odd number oh, days. Yes. Oh man, now it was thirty nine cents a gallon, which you know. <laughs> Now it's three dollars and thirty nine to cents. have that back, and yes, yeah, keeps going up. It keeps I keep going passing, up. and because OPEC has shut down, you know, they've trimmed production. So now we're going to see the prices continue to spike up. It looks like all summer, man. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I've got to get my car, my wife's car inspected. Oh, okay. I told you about getting the uh, the uh, registration all did. Yes, thank goodness. Yes, that place there in in Bossier. They got you covered. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. They're, they have struggled. And I saw somebody went there the other day and the computers were down. And I thought, yeah, we know why. They're on that cobalt system that is what I used when I started LSU in 1979. And, oh, are you kidding? Cobalt. Wow. Yes. And, and our state department of vehicles is still running that system. <laughs> 
I, I was shocked when she said it. I really was. And how can that even be? How can it be? I mean, even if you have like like an iPhone, okay? Mm-hmm. If your iPhone, if you have, if you're running like a six, they're not supporting it anymore. I know you can't get updates. Right. My computer in my studio still runs like a beast. Mm-hmm. But it's from like 2009. Yes, and you can't pay at the DMV with like a swipe your debit card. They're hopefully they're changing all that. <laughs> I mean, you got to go to the ATM. You got to go to the. A- we only take cash. Oh my God! Come, come let's on. Let's look at the legislative session and let's look at oh. some issues like this. Yes, fix the DMV for crying out loud! Oh this is ridiculous. My gosh. When she said they weren't, they're running on a forty-year-old system. Good night. No That's wonder we can't get anybody on the phone. Or- yes, exactly. No wonder my picture looks well, like I'm fifty pounds heavier. And when I went, <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> when when I went into the office, that you know, they moved from that old building next to the state police off of I twenty mm-hmm. in Bozier to the a, a new. It looks like a strip mall, strip center. Okay, but it's the DMV, and it's the actual DMV. Okay, or what's it called now? OMV. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in and said, I need I need to do the I need to get my register. Oh, we can't do that here. I said, wait a minute, you. We, are, we I'll go to access. wildlife and fisheries and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't access that. I was like, "Isn't this the the DMV?" Yeah, they couldn't <laughs> do it, Aaron. It, they need work. They uh, really do. They need to be screaming from the rafters great, with great. lawmakers to upgrade their system. I mean, it's ridiculous. When she tells me they're running on cobalt, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I had choices back in college. I had Fortran and cobalt. That's what it was. <laughs> It's like we're using a wang for Is our computers. The- <laughs> Remember those? I wasn't ready for that. We used to have <laughs> we used to have wangs Use, here. Using MindSpring as yes. our browser. Yes. Holy cow. AOL. Mm. Oh my gosh, Mike and McCarty. Thank you so much. Make it a great Tuesday. 1017 FM 7-